You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Yeah, so let's get into Joel now. Um, I left that game... And look, I'll admit, my expectations maybe were just too high heading into the game, right? He wins MVP, he's coming back. Like, I was ready for a, for a Joel game. And I wasn't I wasn't there watching warm-ups, but you watch the videos and he looked relatively normal. Um, we talked about how he looked defensively. Overall, I, I guess I thought he moved mostly better than I expected. Um, he's never going to be like a sprint up and down the court guy, so... Maybe I'm reading too much into him, maybe, you know, jogging relatively slowly from one end to the other. I'm sure his conditioning, understandably, with almost two weeks off, wasn't great. Uh, I think on defense, just watching him get up and make those blocks wasn't was encouraging just from a physical perspective. On offense, so he has 13 first half points, um, which would, you know, had the game remained close in theory, you know, puts him on pace for 26. But but ultimately, he was a complete no-show in the third quarter offensively, like the whole team was. I My overall take of him offensively was I was not impressed with – I was not impressed with him on offense. I don't think he was terrible. I don't think he was, oh, my God, this is concerning. But I didn't leave that game saying, you know what? This looks like a guy that if the Sixers need him to, will put up 30 points in, in three in three in the three games that they're going to need to win to close to close this out. So curious where you fall on how you thought Joel looked uh, on the offensive end and I guess just overall physically. I think when he got to it on offense, he looked fine. I think the problem and Doc said this last night, I agreed with him on it. I think there was a little too much hey, I'm coming back into a team that just won game one and Joel tried to defer and Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to play pass first and not try to call my own number a whole lot. Like, I think he only ended up taking nine shots last night. Now, obviously, the minute count impacted that in some ways, but I think you could see that. Like, he was trying to feel out, hey, what am I doing here? How are we running things? How have we been running things since I've been out the last you know couple of weeks or so? I know most of that time was on the practice court, but just looked a little bit unsure. I also thought my biggest issue with how they set up on offense is they got back more toward the, the floor spots that Joel has used in the past when he struggled against Boston. There's a lot less from the elbows. It was more, I'm going to post up and I'm going to try to get to the low block. Now, some of that... Mm-hmm. Might have just been trying to get to the elbows and the spacing's not there or whatever. But he had a turnover on a play where Marcus Smart is on him in the post. And then Horford comes with a late double. There's a loose ball. He picks up a foul. And 
him with his back to the basket against this team is just not good. Like we don't, you don't want to see that too often. It's something you can go to when you need to in, in desperate kind of situations, but ideally you're getting him the ball with, you know, let's say 15 seconds on the clock at the elbows and he can see the whole defense facing up at the rim. And then you go from there. It's not, Hey, it's down to like eight seconds. And we finally got an entry pass to right. Joel on the block, because at that point, Boston's going to hit him with a, a very aggressive double. And if he can't make a read right away, now you're down to four or five seconds and either guys getting it and Boston's flying on the rotation to the, the kick out or he's just turning the ball over or forcing up some bad shot. Like they need to get him the ball earlier. They need to get him the ball at his spots. But to your point, he also has to take advantage of his touches. Like I, I think you saw a few flashes last night. There was one possession where he had a quick move and dunked it just like yep. absolutely smoked Al Horford. And that's more of what we saw the last two meetings of the regular season. That's good stuff that I think is translatable as long as he's, you know, feeling healthy. I just think there was a little too much. Yeah. I don't want to mess what you guys have going on. And then on the other end, the other guys are obviously trying to get him the ball. He is their best player. He is the guy they're running offense through. So it's just, everybody seemed a little uncertain of themselves. And doc said after the game, well, we've played one way the whole year. So I'm not worried about, you know, getting back to it in game three, game four at home. But yeah, it is a bit of a concern heading back to Philadelphia. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, the dunk I thought was encouraging. Uh, overall, I guess just kind of wrap up the Embiid thing. Um, I mean, did you leave more encouraged or discouraged? Because I think that after they won game one, the optimism was around. And guess what? Joel's coming back too. And Joel came back and they got absolutely smoked. Not Joel's fault, but it is what it is. They've played the Joel card. And you touched on at the beginning of the pod and I'll kind of back you up on it, they absolutely should have played him. This idea they shouldn't have played him to me is just silly. He got out there. I think part of his offensive struggles were rust, like flat out, like he hasn't played in a while. So, I, you know, now you have that out of your way. And look, he has to be better in game three, like point blank period. He has to play better. But did you leave last night more encouraged by Joel or, or discouraged by the fact that of how he looked? I was, I would say individually encouraged because okay. I thought this was going to be a, he can't move. The rim protection might be bad. Like you, you had no idea what to expect. And I thought there were a few plays he made on the move on offense as a passer that were really nice, both in terms of wh what he's reading and how he's moving. Like Joel driving to the basket and making like a wrap pass on the baseline to mm -hmm. hit somebody in the corner. Because those are like just physically, it's tough for a guy his size to try to work that footwork within the the crowded paint. And so to see him on the move making plays for others, or at least trying to make plays for others, that part of it I think is really good. 
Now, I, I think maybe discouraged from a, a team-wide perspective because, they, I mean, that was rough, man. Like, they yeah. clearly were yeah. not ready. They clearly were not ready to bring him back in and go back to playing this way. And they did not look anything close to the team that, you know, round one against Brooklyn, he looked like a well-oiled machine on offense for most of that series. They're sending doubles at Joel. He's making the right reads. Ball's flying around the floor. There was an odd possession here and there that I thought looked good and you know, one of Tobias Harris's two made threes out of the, the six that they had all night as a team yeah, was one of the best team possessions they've had in the playoffs where guys are just beating a closeout, kicking to somebody, swing pass here, and then he gets a wide open corner three. That's what they can look like at their best, but those moments are so few and far between that I, I don't know how you come out of that thinking – Oh, yeah, from a team perspective, I'm encouraged by Joel's return, even if right. I thought he looked pretty good individually. Now, you would hope game three, he'll get the MVP trophy before the game. The place is going to be insane. You would hope that he's able to come out and uh, and play better. But James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. Um, I mean, look, Harden was one of those felt like a complete no-show. I know early on he, I think, had a relatively good first quarter. I think maybe had nine points or something like that. So he did score a little early on, but didn't think he played over overly well. Obviously, I don't think we're going to say anyone on the team played well, so I'm not signaling him except out. Except for, like, Paul Reed, maybe. Yeah, except for Paul Reed, who at this point, you know, is either going to – like, he's actually a great trade trip at this point. I'm not saying I'd trade him. Well, he's but, a free agent this summer, so. But he's completely unrestricted, or is it like – I can't rem- I feel like he might be restricted, but I, that's the sort of guy that I don't know that he, uh, he, you spend a bunch of money to retain him, even if he's like, yeah, we match this deal. I, we'll, well see. That's a, that's an off season podcast. We'll get I was going to say, hopefully it's not a discussion we're having anytime soon, but, um, Maxi, uh, you know, he had that play where he didn't get the loose ball. It leads to a Celtics three, um, which speaks to, your kind of overall fair criticism of them for the effort. Uh, what'd you think of Maxie and Harden um, play? play? What'd you think of their play last night? So Harden is in a category of his own for me. I thought he stunk after that, that good start to the game. Like the beginning of the game is what we talked about a lot after game one, where you saw him attacking, you saw him trying to get downhill. He had, eight free throws in the first half. Yeah. And that's a, that to me is always a great sign. It, it, it wasn't a lot of like flailing around and flopping, drawing calls. It's him going into guys' chests and putting pressure on the officials. That's the James Harden that I personally love to see that I think makes a difference for them. As the game goes on, we just see less and less of that. It's too passive. And on the defensive end, he was just fucking horrendous basically the entire night. A lot of just guy he's chasing or guy he's assigned to off ball. He's not really paying attention to. He realizes it about a second too late. Somebody's got to switch or close or, or, or do whatever late in the game. And by that point, possession's basically over. They already have a guy rising up to shoot or somebody else has to rotate and there's a breakdown elsewhere. It just the worst possible version of James Harden on defense where he's standing in no man's land. Yeah. He's not switching when he needs to. There's no communication with a teammate to, you know, 
pass off assignments. And look, I, I don't want to sit here and skewer him. The concern that I would have for him is that maybe that's closer to what it looks like when there's only one day between the games and he doesn't have a week and a half or whatever it ended up being to rest, recuperate, slap a friend in Vegas, you know, get himself (laughs) right mentally. And that's been the thing, right? Like last year we saw this, it was more pronounced, but we saw when James had time to get his legs under him would look really good when he's having to play this relentless NBA schedule. And it was, you know, back to backs and things in the regular season didn't look like the same guy. And this series, the whole way we talked about it coming into it every other day, all the way through a potential game six, game seven is the only game that they will get any kind of real rest between the games. If it gets to that point, we don't know that it's going to get to that point. The series could end in five or six games and nobody will will have ever gotten any kind of break to kind of settle themselves in and, and get it done. So that's my big concern with him is that if he's not right physically and you, you also have to deal with the um, the mental struggle or not mental struggles is probably the wrong word. The mental apathy that he shows yeah. on uh, on defense, that's a tough combination. I was a little more encouraged by Tyrese. I think some of his issues or just he missed shots from three like that's going to happen. A lot of them in and out, too. Like, a lot of them, you know, bad shots. And Harden had a couple of those, too. Like, Harden had two shots last night that there was, like, voodoo going on. Yeah, they were, like, halfway down, if not even. So, game looks a little better if he makes those. But Tyrese, I thought, did a good job at least attacking inside the arc. There was some good, you know, runners, floaters, him beating a guy off the dribble added some pace and transition. I do think he seems like he's starting to figure out this matchup a little bit and he can see like, look, he's going to have a size disadvantage against most of these guys who defend him, but he has a speed advantage against absolutely everybody on that team. Nobody has the same pace as him. And so however they're playing him, if they're overplaying his, his right hand, he's got to go left. Like he's got to do whatever he's got to do to, to leverage that pace. I thought he did a, a much better job of that. I thought, honestly, some of their best looks from three came when he collapsed the defense and got into the paint and then, you know, kicked it out to a shooter. So there's definitely some signs of life from him that I think given this season and the career, honestly, he's had against them, I'm incur- a little bit encouraged by, but, you know, still only had like, I don't remember what the stats were. I think I at think one point he had, had- yeah, he had like 13 points on 14 shots. So, yeah. like end of the day, it's still not uh, nothing you're writing home about. I mean, when you look at the final score, obviously you don't expect anyone to have a good stat line, but looking at the box score individually is not uh, is not good. Um, I mean, look, I think we can agree that for Game Three, they need to bring whoever James Harden slapped from Vegas, just bring him into the stadium, put him on the court, let Harden have. A I little... was told that's his uh, friend and like a personal photographer. Perfect. Bring him bring them you know you know they have someone ring the bell they can have Harden slap them at center court to get the uh to get the game going so 